welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Happy week four. Great week here on the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Chip Patterson joined, as always, by the crew. Tom Fernelli, Barton Simmons, it's, it's the Locks Podcast. If, if you're here, then chances are that you know what you're coming for. Gentlemen, how we doing? How we feeling? Uh, I'm feeling good. Didn't have a great week last week, but you know, we're, we're still up on the season. Barton? Pretty solid slate of games that I love from a viewer standpoint, and I think I dug out a few that I like from a betting standpoint too, so I'm, I'm feeling all right. I feel like uh, you are already playing a contrarian role, Barton, because the, the oh, this slate stinks crowd has started to creep out as the viewer guides have. And I'm, I'm actually proud to be standing alongside you there and, and really, uh, like, like, are we just uh, isolated because of our intrigue in the SEC East, a division that the rest of the country seems to have sold up the river? Heck no, man. There's games everywhere that are good. I mean, Iowa-Wisconsin is going to be an awesome game. Stanford-Oregon is, is a fun one. Michigan State-Indiana and the, and the Big Ten is going to be interesting. Uh, I think that this is if, – if you don't like this slate, you're not a real football. You're not a real college football fan. You're just a front-running top 25 chaser. This is a fun slate of games. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of enthusiasm for Michigan State-Indiana. He didn't I even know. mention Florida State-Northern Illinois. Yeah, man. I got, I got a, I got a feeling that one's on your slate. No, no. I was, I was, I was thinking about a late log uh, to add for Florida State, Northern Illinois. But uh, you know what keeps me from that one? Special teams. You know, we might, we might get a one, one pick six, one defensive touchdown, one punt return, and then all of a sudden your under goes bust. Okay, recap time. Last week, Barton, winner of the week. He had Boston College minus four and a half with the win. If you believe in Boston College, you believe they're going to be able to cover this spread on the road at Wake Forest. They did. Uh, the Washington-Utah under, that was just uh, a beautiful, a beautiful under cash. Army minus six and a half with the win. And then the over 56 in Florida-Colorado State, that was a win as well. His losses were the under 56 in Iowa State-Oklahoma how close was that? Was that 37-27? I think it ended up being a, missing by 10 points. Okay. And then uh, Nebraska minus 11.5. Of course, we uh, one of the big stories of the weekend, Troy going and uh, taking care of the Cornhuskers. So, 4-2 and two on the week. Uh, the week leader, but number two overall, 10-7-1. and one. Um, The leader... Right now, Tom Fernelli, 12 and 10 on the season. Three and four for the week, though. Uh, LSU minus nine and a half. Really good call there on the Tigers. Also, double cash with the under 45 on LSU and Auburn. Uh, sweet, sweet under. The win on under 46 and a half in that was uh, Minnesota, Miami, Ohio. Yeah. And then the losses were Tulane minus four and Ohio, Virginia under 53 and a half. Did you guys see Virginia is a favorite against Louisville this week? Yes. I kind of like it. You kind of like Virginia to cover there? Yeah. Wow. Louisville's no good. Yeah, Louisville sucks. 
I can't wait to be off the road. I need to take in some more football games. I feel like I've got no read on Virginia or Louisville right now. Uh, Kent State plus 35. We love Woody Barrett, but he could not get that covered. Uh, <sighs> under 71 in uh, Oregon State, Nevada, also a loss. How did that one end up going for you? That was an amazing game simply because while I locked the under here, my lock of the week in, in the six-pack was Oregon State plus three and a half. And after Oregon State fell down 30-7 to seven in the first half, they managed to cover that three and a half. Jeez. Wow. That's, that's an incredible game. Yeah. Uh, I was one and three, which, uh, which only brings me on my, on my season total to six and 12, which means this is the beginning of the, the return, the regression, uh, a loss on the under 49 in Duke Baylor. I, I had no idea Duke was going to come out with that kind of offensive performance. It started sluggish, but, uh, obviously Duke pulls away with the win there. And now I'm just starting to get the measurements and the specifications for the David Cutcliffe statue, which I will be building outside of Wallace Wade stadium, uh, over 71 in Bama Ole Miss, a heartbreaking loss. I mean, I just needed anything anything would have gotten me there san diego state plus five that was a win san diego state with on the field with the upset of arizona state and missouri minus six and a half missouri does get the win but it's by three not by under a touchdown and uh and i'm i i would say that i've slowed i've i've sort of calmed down on my missouri positivity uh as especially as we're heading into this week against georgia you will not be hearing a lock for me on that game because I'm, I'm just going to be taking my time with the Tigers a little bit. Uh, is so, Missouri positivity like body positivity? Missouri positivity is, <laughs> uh, is definitely corporal for sure. <laughs> uh, all right. So how many, how many we deal so for, for pacing purposes, how many uh, locks we got? I got seven, seven. I got five. Okay. I've got, I mean, you, Mm, it could be anywhere from seven to ten. Whoa! I mean, I went just I, firing away. Wait a minute. So you reeled Quick it back as- in last week to sort of, you know, reassess, try to see the ball, and now you're just swinging for the fences, huh? Spraying the board. Quickest way to get back to five hundred is to bet all the games. <laughs> It's, if if the listeners want a good we we need to have good foils here and so if you want the the like I'm probably as close to the Joe right now through through four weeks in terms of uh, the highs and lows so come ride them with me if uh, if you want to live that life the listener has to bring a little expertise to the table too you got to be able to navigate who you should ride and who you should fade sometimes you know one of us catches a cold streak maybe start fading us one of us is hot jump on board but there's always a winner to be found with whatever we're saying no doubt uh you guys ready to lock it up lock it up we're picking locks my blue plate special five star locks are coming come get these locks five star master lock lock it up you want these locks i'm 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 living and dying every every point every cover all right, uh, let's see. The honors, I guess the week winner, that would mean you're up on the tee box first, Barton. So what what you got with your first lock? Uh, uh, so I had a weird light, night last night. I wrote a story on CBS um, about TCU. Yeah. 
being, <laughs> being uh, basically saying that they were better than Texas and one of the best teams in the country with talent that Texas and other elite teams in the country didn't want. It was a very positive story. It was uh, it was overwhelmingly complimentary. Um, but in the story, I used a term like that they were a reject roster in some you know, I used that phrase in the sentence in some way, but it was the rejects was in in quotation marks, and the idea was to say this is a, a false perception that I went ahead to debunk in the rest of the story. Well, in the CBS Sports Twitter account headline or uh, tweet, it used the reject roster as one of the best in the country line, and Gary Patterson. Well, well first of all, I started getting all these like tweets from people like hate like Peyton on the rejects line and I was like what's going on like what did you not read the story the whole story is about how good you guys are and how good your program is at developing and finding talent and come to find out Gary Patterson had commented on the the tweet and I think that and saying something like don't degrade our, you know de- don't degrade our players and then and, and then <laughs> of course the the TCU posse is just hot on my case and uh, and now suddenly I don't think I'm welcome in Fort Worth, even though I didn't write the headline or write the tweet. <laughs> but here we are, and I have to defend myself against the TCU horde after writing a story about how impressed I am with their ability to evaluate, develop, and beat other talented teams. So all that brings me to this game. To taking TCU or taking TCU Texas. Texas. <laughs> so here's the deal. First of all, Gary Patterson either is is just every other Joe on Twitter that just reads a headline and doesn't read a story, or Gary Patterson, which is very possible, or Gary Patterson read the sto- read the tweet and read the story, but just is anxious to find anything to motivate his team. And so, if this team rolls out there in warm ups on Saturday with rejects on their on their warm up shirts, or you know rejects on their wristbands or something then I'm going to take full credit for that motivation, and I am not going to miss the opportunity to make money on that. So I'm going TCU minus three. They're better than Texas, which was the point of the story to begin with. They're more talented. They're more athletic. And I think that Texas is – you know, I think both teams are going to have some success stopping the run. I think that TCU's got a quarterback I trust more, even though I, st- I do like Sam Ellinger. And I think TCU has more big plays in their arsenal than Texas. I think that they, you know, I think people are a little surprised that line was so low. I think there's a little overreaction on the USC win. Uh, I'm going to go TCU and, and and say they win comfortably on the road. Did, uh, did, I'm, I'm not going to confirm or deny, but did you know that there may or may not have been some uh, sliding up in the DMs too. No. Okay. <laughs> sliding in the DMs. Somebody, somebody might have slid up into somebody's DMs to possibly <laughs> say something about a tweet. Oh, Gary, <laughs> I, I will not I confirm, confirm or deny. That oh my God! I would say Can you read the story. He should send that story to every recruit in the country. It is the most positive story you're going to find. 
I would say check the college football slack room and you might see some evidence of it. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I would just like to thank you, first of all, because I was getting yelled at by TCU fans earlier this week because in, in my formulas rankings, the Horned Frogs dropped from 32 to 48 after losing to Ohio State last weekend. And they were mad at me for it. And I just want to thank you for diverting their attention away from my rankings. The story is now getting like aggregated in like TCU local markets and like or not not the story but but Gary Patterson's tweets. So it, it's a it's a full on thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Headlines are fun when you don't write them yourself. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, all right. Uh, I I think the I think the call is good. It's not a lock. I don't have a play on it. There's no way I would take a Tom Herman Texas team to follow up a huge win with yet another huge win. Not trustworthy enough yet. Uh, but I don't know. I, I don't have a good feel for that game. TCU's the better team, though. Tom, you got anything on this one? I do. It's not the spread, but one of my locks is the total. Ooh. I am on the under 48 in this game. Uh, it's just a situation, you know, I think that it's the, the total seems kind of low. It was actually lower than I expected it to be, but I still like the under here just because when these two teams played, typically the under is what occurs. The last five of the last six games between them have stayed under. And T- the under is 13 and three in TCU's last 16 road games. And since 2008, Texas at home has been a very reliable team for the under, going 56, 33, and one. So all these trends come together in this game, and I'm expecting it to be, you know, these are the two of the teams in the Big 12 that actually have defenses and actually can play defense. So I'm expecting there to be, you know, it's it's going to be a lower scoring affair. I do think TCU is the better team, but it's going to, since the score, I don't expect that many points. I'm not nearly as comfortable taking them against the spread, so I'm just going to stick with the under 48. I'm going to take us out to the, uh, the Pac-12 game of the week. Um, I just... I, I I hope that I'm not the sucker here, um, but I'm I'm riding with Oregon plus two, and I think that the Ducks. I number one, a little bit of it is, um, you know, in our conversation with Stanford Steve Barton. I I didn't sense. Did you sense much confidence in from him in terms of where the Cardinal are at right now? No. Yeah. I mean, no. He he is all. Yeah. I I think he's he's a realist, and sometimes I think he's. But no, he he was he didn't sound like he was overly confident in Tam Stanford pulling it off. Yeah, and I just um and if you're going this is because it's still week four, I think that I can throw out the San Jose State performance, a performance where um from what I've been able to gather, the defense like still looked okay, but the offense was basically sleepwalking. And I'm willing to give Justin Herbert and Mario Cristobal and that offensive staff a pass under the impression that it was a big-time look-ahead spot. They were probably keeping it super vanilla. If you believe that Oregon has the potential to be a player and to disrupt the Pac-12 North, then you've got to think they're going to get one of these games at Autzen Stadium. And they get Stanford and Washington. Both of them are going to be coming to Eugene. And I think that between those two, I right now am leaning more towards Stanford and I wonder, and I'm, I'm going to be curious to see how this plays out. I wonder if Oregon has a better defense than Stanford. You know, and it that's a that's a strange thing to say, but from a personnel perspective, uh, the the line that I've been using on CBS Sports HQ is that 
you know, Jalen Jelks on the defensive line, Troy Diet linebacker, Thomas Graham in the backfield, Jim Levitt coaching. Like, there's enough pieces in place there that I thought going into the season, and I still think that Oregon can have a really, really good defense. Obviously, Bryce Love, who's going to be back in the lineup, is a problem. JJ Arcega Whiteside's going to be, you know, all kinds of matchup issues for the for that secondary. But I think Oregon's defense has dudes, and if I don't know. I'm not going to make a play on the total here, but it feels like one of those games where the score is probably going to be closer to what Stanford wants. But if you're going for a difference maker and it's a close game in in the third, fourth quarter, and they're they're certainly predicting that with a two-point spread, I'm going to take Justin Herbert over KJ Costello. And so I'm going to take Oregon and that home field advantage to, uh, to win this on the field as a slight underdog. We got a lock fight on our hands, gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> I I am at Stanford minus two as my lock. Uh I mean, for me, I I look at these two teams. They're both three and oh. But let's compare their three and O's. Stanford has a twenty one point win over San Diego State, which just beat Arizona State last week. And it's got the fourteen point win over USC and it crushed UC Davis, but who cares? Oregon is 3-0, but its wins are against Bowling Green, San Jose State, and Portland State. Those three are combined 2-7 on the season. They aren't exactly good teams. And Oregon didn't look dominant in any of those wins. Bowling Green put up points on it. San Jose State last week put up points on it. And so far, through the two games, if we want to compare the offenses, Stanford has averaged more yards per play against San Diego State and USC two good defenses than Oregon has managed against San Jose State and Bowling Green, two bad teams. So when I look at these two teams right now, I can't justify trusting Oregon enough to cover this spread, even at home against Stanford. And I don't think Stanford's a juggernaut. I don't think it's going to you know, be a Pac-12 champion and go into the playoff. It's going to lose at some point. I can't help but feel that. It's just... I don't think Oregon is very good, to be honest with you. I think the defense is better than it's played, but I'm not about to say that their defense is better than Stanford's. And offensively, I agree with you, Chip. Herbert is better than Costello, and that's the one area that concerns me about this game as far as Stanford being able to cover and get the win. But every other facet of this game, I think Stanford has the clear advantage. So if I only have to give up two points, I'll happily do it. Oh, I love a lock fight. Barton, what's your read on this game? Uh, triple lock fight or lock agreement fight, however you want to frame it. I am on this game, too. Uh, I like Oregon as well. Mm. I, I think here's, – here's the thing that, that, that I sort of am, am drawn to is, all right, Stanford has played three games at home, whatever. You know, that's, that's, that's not exactly the biggest home field advantage in the world, but they haven't gone on the road yet. And they're going to – an Oregon Autzen Stadium at night that is going to be, I think, pretty crazy. I think that spot, I think that this is an, an opportunity for Mario Cristobal to really announce his presence to the college football world. I think that they do have talent on, on the outside, on the perimeter, in the, in the, in the defensive backfield that can battle with those wide receivers for Stanford. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm with Chip that I think that that um, Oregon's D 
defense will be able to hang. I think it'll be a close game. I just think that the the energy around that stadium is going to make a difference. And I like Oregon to figure out a way to win this one. Well, if, if we're in a lock fight, do you mind if I start swinging with some trends? Yeah, let's go. We are in the midst of a lock fight. Bring them trends, Tom. Oregon in its last 19 Pac-12 games, 6-13 against the spread. Whoa. Oregon in its last 30 games overall, 8-21-1 against the spread. That's right. Or- Oregon in its last 16 games following a win, 3-12-1 against the spread. Oregon in its last four home games, 0-4 against the spread. Yeah, bro, but now we're crystal balling. (laughs) (laughs) It's a new era. That's about to be a jingle when Oregon wins this. (laughs) Crystal balling. Um, nice. Well, I love that. Everybody's got some skin in the game. It's uh, it will on Saturday night, man. We'll be uh, we'll be lock fighting. Uh, the whole syndicate's got something in it. Uh, text thread going to be lit. Text thread is going to be lit. All right, let's go back to Tom. Uh, for my next lock, I am going to go with a game on Friday night because uh, just just in case you know people are listening to this on Friday, I want to be able to get it out there for them. I am taking the under fifty three. In USC and Washington State, this is a game that, you know, typically Friday night, I I like weeknight unders to begin with. It's typically how they work. There's more unders often than not on a Friday and Thursday night game. But I just look at this game and I look at USC's offense. And (laughs) right now, I feel like the under is an autoplay whenever USC is involved because I do not trust that offense to be able to do much of anything it looked good for i'd say maybe two drives against texas last week and i was like oh okay where the hell was this last week against stanford and then they immediately reverted to the same offense that they had been the week before against stanford and they just washington state doesn't have as good of a defense as either texas or stanford do but i just don't trust anything about the trojans offense to me they're in a very similar situation right now to Florida State as far as problems on the offensive line. How they got there is a different path than the one Florida State took, but they have serious questions on that line. They've had a hard hard time blocking anybody, and it's not getting the same kind of attention, I guess, that Florida State's is because, you know, I guess, you know, East Coast bias or whatever you want to call it. So I look at this game. I think USC's defense is good enough to limit Washington State, and I think USC's offense is bad enough not to score enough points that I have to worry about the over. And also, the under is 4-1 and one in the last five games between these two, and a couple of those games have been on weeknights. How crazy is it that a team as talented as USC, it's becoming an under-principal team? Well, it's, you know, normally if USC is an under-principal team, it's because they have a great defense. <laughs> So it's it's just it's I've I've changed the philosophy and that I'm basing it off their offense being bad. <laughs> Resident uh, USC I'm expert floored. Barton Simmons, what's your read here? Uh, just, I, I'm just floored that they can't get a run game going with those guys in the backfield with the talent they have back there. This is going to be a weird game. I am I mean I of all the plays, sure under under feels like maybe the safest but i i'm i'm staying away from it uh apparently there's some like renovations going on at the stadium and and that then attendance could be way down for a for a friday night game as well um it's going to be a weird atmosphere and i'm i'm looking forward to watching it <laughs> but i i have no idea what's going to happen for my uh, go ahead 
All good. I don't think anybody said anything. No, we're, right, okay. no, we're good. All right. For for my next lock, Wisconsin Iowa principal play under forty three and a half. I think that I was ready to take this under uh, right off the jump, but for the purposes of discussion. I wanted to introduce uh, a theory that I'm working with that would go against uh, my play here. What if Wisconsin's defense isn't great? Uh, I, I don't, it might not be great. I don't think it's like, I don't think it's at last season's level. And I think that's definitely, you know, that was the one concern I think everybody had about this team coming into the season because they had so much to replace off that defense. But Honestly, to this point, I'm more confident in Wisconsin's defense than the offense, which I thought was going to be a juggernaut because it had so many. It was so good last year, and it had so many returning starters this year. I don't think it's at that. It's at the same level, but I don't think it's bad or anything. I, th- I think it's still one of the better defenses in the Big Ten. Is yeah. Iowa State's defense great? Because they held Iowa to almost nothing. I think Iowa uh, State's defense is pretty good. It's good. Yeah. Is is do you? I mean, but I. I mean, I don't know. I. I can't imagine it's significantly better than Wisconsin's, if at all. And and I think that – so, I, yeah, it, it would be very hard for me to take this over. This feels like it's going to be – we're going to be sitting there at, you know, in late in the third quarter and the score is going to be 6-3 to three and we're all going to be tweeting, this is exactly what Wisconsin and I was supposed to be or whatever it is. You know, that, it's, it's going to – I just think it's going to go that way. Um, and – so I, I like your side of it. What's uh, one thing to be concerned about, though, Chip? Yes. This is this is from my trend piece that I did over the summer. Over the last ten seasons in Big Ten games, the under is thirty four fifty two and one in Wisconsin games. So it's all perception. Mm-hmm. It's it was one of those surprise trends that I found while doing all the research. It's that, and you know, it's just a contrarian nature. The over is more profitable in Wisconsin games than the under is because most people think under when they think Wisconsin. Hmm. Well, I'm I'm gonna ride my under. And hey, what do y'all do? Y'all have uh, no other locks on this game. I have nothing else on this game. I I that, on my big sheet that got pared down. I, at one point, I had Iowa uh, plus the points, but just you know, Kinnick Stadium at night. I think that Iowa's pretty decent. But at the closer I got to to this, the pods, the the less confidence i had in it it's more of a, i could see iowa winning but I, I would not bet on it and wisconsin is very capable of going in there and, and getting a w so I, i'm staying away yeah I've, yeah oh go I ahead i think if wisconsin had won last week i'd be all over iowa this yeah week. yeah exactly yeah i'm i lean wisconsin i think i don't know if they'll cover but i think wisconsin you know three and a half is you know that like you're just you're living on the edge right there especially in a game that we think is going to be decided like you know what 21-17 or 23-20 or you know 21 yeah I don't know I I think that it is wild to look at Wisconsin and think that there is a very decent chance that it, they're going to be 2 and 2 uh headed into week 5 and so for that reason, I just I think I think Wisconsin gets the win. I don't know if they get the cover, don't feel confident in it, but I'm leaning Wisconsin right there. Uh if that spread continues to dance anymore and you want to uh jump on that one. Okay. Let's go to Barton. All right. Uh probably the next most high profile game on my list is Notre Dame at Wake. 
Um, I think as we look back at this Notre Dame team, ultimately what it is is one good offensive half of football against Michigan. And that good offensive half of football against Michigan was basically Brandon Wimbush throwing it up to big receivers and them going up and making fantastic plays. And since that half, you really haven't seen anything to be impressed with with Notre Dame offensively. Their defense is still really sound. Uh, but I think Notre Dame – and look, I wrote in my, in my very controversial CBS piece today <laughs> or this week, <laughs> uh, which you should go read because if I'm going to get all this heat for it, I hope it gets some clicks. But the Notre Dame actually, given their schedule – Given what the the tough games on their schedule are starting to look like, like Florida State, uh, like USC, like a Virginia Tech team that may be not as good as we thought it was, considering the team, the Florida State team they beat is is trash. Like Notre Dame, all of a sudden doesn't have that tough of a road to go undefeated, and they don't even have to be that good to do it. But I think you you know you, this is probably the toughest three game stretch they got coming. They got Wake Forest this week. Next week they've got what is it Virginia Tech next week uh, or no Stanford's next week and then Virginia Tech and so yeah I, I think that this is sort of a they're going on the road I think Wake Forest the one thing Notre Dame has shown a little bit of vulnerability at defensively is the, is the pass game and Wake Forest can throw it around uh, Wake Forest has given up a lot of big plays but they're 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 sound defensively against the run I just think I can see I think Notre Dame probably goes and wins it but I think it's inside the seven and a half number I'm gonna go wake plus seven and a half I I honestly think you're giving the Notre Dame offense too much credit by saying it had a good half I think it had a good quarter (laughs) against Michigan and then after that it's ever since the second quarter against Michigan started it's it's been pretty lackluster I'm going to yeah. jump on that. Let's go lock agreement. It was a log that was sitting beside the fireplace. I'm going to throw it on. Is it one of the, is it one of the 10? So wait, yes. is it 11? Yeah. No, that was one of the 10. I said anywhere okay, from yeah. 7 to 10. And and I'll I'll go ahead and uh I'll go ahead and tell you that it's it's just a trio of uh I mean, uh, let's just get it out of the way. It's a trio of homer picks. Just trying to get some good local mojo. I'm going Wake plus 7 and a half. UNC plus three and a half against Pittsburgh. NC State laying five on the road against Marshall. Let's go. All right. All right. So you're on wake. That's that's settled. Talk to me about UNC. Why do you like UNC plus three and a half? Five straight wins against Pittsburgh. Every game's weird. Doesn't matter like what the quality is. Uh like it do you know what one of North Carolina's three wins was in their like terrible three and nine season winning at Pittsburgh. Like I just, I think that uh, after everyone is uh, screaming and upset and not excited, like I don't expect it to be necessarily a wild atmosphere, but Pitt's defense is bad enough that this could be a game that North Carolina could win. And that would be like the Larry Fedora uh, like, you know, when you've got a coach who's not quite on the hot seat yet, but you've kind of got them on a watch list and then they go and like, they lose a couple games, but then they, they come back and they win one and you're just kind of waffling back and forth. I mean, Butch Jones lived on that life for like two seasons. Remember? Yeah. I, I think that this is one of those 
uh, Larry Fedora, this is for the haters. And then uh, what actually got me started down this trend was uh, my buddy Josh Goodson, who feels really good about the pack. I wanted to take the over in NC State Marshall, but then it crept over the key number of 56. It opened at like 54 and a half, and now it's jumped up to 57. Uh, I think Ryan Finley, I think NC State and Marshall will quickly settle into being uh, like a Conference USA kind of game. Maybe not with enough efficiency to score in the 40s, but definitely enough for it to be kind of back and forth in a way that would make NC State fans not happy. But I think that NC State's the better team and they cover that by a touchdown. And the, my one thing that keeps me nervous, Barton, about the wake pick is uh, Dave Clawson is so upset with his secondary right now. He really is like that is one of the things that seems to be getting to him uh, worse than anything else. He came in with no confidence in his quarterback. Now he's got Sam Hartman, a freshman quarterback, who, by the way, keeps his job even as Kendall Hinton returns from suspension this week. The freshman stays yeah. as the starter. Uh, he's done enough to prove it. As you mentioned, they, they can sling that ball around. But with the with an obvious weakness so far being Wake Forest secondary, I am nervous that this is a game that makes uh, Notre Dame's passing attack actually look capable, if that makes sense. Good. Good. Uh, uh, in other news, we've got another lock fight. Uh, I am on... The fighting Narduzzi's. Uh, nice. Pitt minus, if I'm getting three and a half, all right, Pitt minus three and a half. Uh, look, man, I, 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 I hear it's sort of the contrarian, like, all right, let's just bet on the chaos of this game. But UNC still got 10 guys suspended right now. They've, they've still, Pitt is like, I'm going to trust what we've seen in that their offense couldn't do squat against Cal and they lose to East Carolina by 20 points. Um, I, I think Pitt is in year, I think we're three with Narduzzi. I think Pitt is, has evolved despite the, the Penn State loss, which is kind of a weird game. Uh, the score looks worse than I think it was from a competitive standpoint through about three quarters. I think Pitt is a has developed into a competent football team. I'm not confident I can say the same thing about this UNC squad. So I'm going to lay the points, take the Panthers. God, I love all this lock fight. This is this is this is when things get off and rolling. When the standings it's be a war this weekend. Yeah, love it. Um, okay, so let's go back to Tom. All right, well, <clears throat> for my next pick, I am going to take a team that picked up a big win last weekend, and I'm not expecting a letdown this week. I'm taking Troy minus six at UL Monroe. Uh, this is, I just think that when you look at the Sun Belt, there are, there's Troy, there's Appalachian State, then there's a small step below to Arkansas State, and then there's a wide gap to everybody else. And... I think that Troy is the much better team here. And while there is, the, like I said, there's some people might be concerned about a letdown here. I, I don't think I am. I think Neil Brown's too good of a coach. There won't be. And also, you know, Troy is 11-5 and five against the spread on the road in Sunbelt play over the last three seasons. They played very well on the road. They, they don't have these kind of letdowns. So 
I really like the Trojans in this game. It's actually my lock of the week. Love it. I mean, I, I I'm not making it a lot, but that's a I like I like the thinking there. So, is there not a little bit of a of a letdown concern here for no, you? I mean, there's a little bit of one, but I I just think that the talent wise and coaching wise, I think that Troy has such a large advantage that they've only got to win by a touchdown. So I feel like even if there is a letdown. Troy's enough a much better team than UL Monroe and will win by a touchdown, even if it doesn't play all that well. Okay, I don't know enough about ULM, but it see there's it seems like there's been some ULM like positivity out there early this season, more so than I'm used to seeing for ULM. So I'm not, yeah, you know, I, I kind of saw that I was looking for this Troy ULM line with the temptation of taking it. And I saw it was, you know, within a touchdown, I was like, there's no chance I'm touching that sight unseen. Uh, but Hey, you, you're, this is, this is your world, man. This is your, this, this is your territory. You know I mean, this, this, this land well, so have at it. They, they beat, they started off with two wins. They beat Southeast Louisiana by three. Then they, last week they beat Southern Miss, or two weeks ago they beat Southern Miss by one. So they have their two wins by four points total. And then the last week against Texas A&M, they got crushed 48-10. to 10. So, I mean, they, I, I, there might be some positivity about the Warhawks, but I don't know why. <laughs> uh, before we go any further, does anyone have SEC Game of the Week, uh, Texas A&M at Alabama? Any locks? Let's get some leans, if not. Not a lock. That... Go ahead, Tom. Uh, not a lock, but I'm just principle wise. I'm taking the Aggies plus twenty six. If if they can hang with Clemson, I, I'm always scared to step in front of the juggernaut that is Alabama. <laughs> but twenty six just seems like too many points. Yeah, no, I'm, I I agree. I think this is if I. I I have to play it. I play Alabama, or I play A and M rather, because look, that's just a lot of points. But I'm just not, not gonna bet against Alabama until Alabama loses. Like until Alabama doesn't cover, I'm not this this year. I'm not gonna feel comfortable betting against them. I think they might just be that good. That it's like it's like we had a, a guy I played with in college who was who, who never worked out in the summer. And he'd show up at the, you know, at max day, and you just put whatever weight you want to on the bar, and he just lift it. He was just that strong. He just li- whatever the number is, Bama's just gonna lift it. They'll they'll figure it out. They'll win. And so until they prove to me that they're not that kind of team, I'm I'm going, I'm 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 not gonna pick against them. Um, Alabama has covered the spread by 13 points, 13 points and 30-some points, and all of those spreads were 23 points or more. Until, until yeah, I mean, until proven otherwise, I'm going to assume Alabama's going to score 50 points with one of the best offenses, if not the best offense in college football. And so if you're going to make a pick, just ask yourself how many points do you think Texas A&M's going to score? Because I don't know if it's more than 17. It's crazy that this, this – that- if you were to tell me that A and M, even after almost beating Clemson, is if you if you if you caught the line at eighteen last week for Ole Miss, they're more than a touchdown, more of a dog than Ole Miss was, um, which is just kind of crazy. I mean, it's it's possible that the market has not yet caught up to Alabama. It is it is possible. 
Absolutely. Insane. Uh, Clemson, Georgia Tech, anyone got anything? No. I lean under here. These games have been gentlemanly in the past, like 24-10, 21-7. Clemson usually is able to win it with its defense. Brent Venables has the triple option figured out, and they try and get out of there as healthy as possible. But uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not touching that one. But that's yeah, I don't, I yeah, I'm not touching that one. But yes, Clemson, Clemson typically handles that that option offense pretty well. Yeah, they, yeah, they they have the defensive line that can handle it. Uh, and then Georgia, Missouri, no locks. It was close. I was very close to pulling the trigger on Missouri plus fourteen and a half. But, but at the end of the day, it got cold. And and ultimately, to me, this Georgia team's got a little bit of Alabama in them. Where I need to, I need to see evidence that they're that they're capable of losing a cover before I, I start picking against them. They, they they've looked pretty impressive. Um, and Missouri, you, you just never know what they're going you're going to get out of them against a good football team. So this is this is one this is one that I'm will be revealing for both. Yeah, I feel like if it was 13 and a half, I would be all over Georgia. But when it was at 14 and a half, it was just it was like, uh, that's what pushed me. So with it being so close, that's why I couldn't pull the trigger on it. Okay, just want to get the headline games out of the way. Barton, back to you. Uh, all right, this is my last one. Wow. My last log of the day. Uh, I am going with going Pac-12 after dark, Washington, Arizona State, Washington minus 17. Mm. There is some cracks started to show last week for Arizona State. There was some. Not only did they lose, but they there was a lot of frustration on the sidelines. Manny Wilkins was very emotional throughout the game. His wide receivers were not happy either. Uh, there was just that. The, Things didn't seem all the way right. I thought that that San Diego State team really flustered them. They're now going on the road to a nighttime environment at Washington, which, like Oregon, will be absolutely rocking. This is their first opportunity to really get a, a, a legitimate home challenge. That's and I think that that fan base will respond. Uh, there's there's zero chance Washington is overlooking this game, considering they lost it last year. So there is a Big time revenge factor, and I think that the strength of Arizona State's team is their wide receivers, and the strength of Washington's team is its secondary. And if you're going to throw the ball up and and go ask Nikhil Terry to make plays, this is going to be a tougher week to do that than they've had all year. And so, I think Washington, after a a close game and and frankly kind of an ugly game against Utah last week get some home cooking this weekend and goes and just absolutely rolls against Arizona state. I also have a play on this game, but my, and mine, and it goes, my expert picks on CBS sports.com. I also went with Washington and, uh, and I am, I'm predicting a little bit of a get right spot for the Huskies offensively. Didn't think they looked great, but still those limitations, uh, compared with that defense, Washington, Arizona state under 50. So I'm, uh, I'm, is that about sort of what you're imagining for the the kind of game or the kind of score that we might be dealing with? Yeah, yeah, that sounds because I don't I I just don't really envision a scenario where Arizona State scores a lot. Um, 
So I could see like a 31 to 10 yeah. type of game. That was exactly the score I had in my head. I was like 31, 10, 35, 35, 10, if it's going to sweat. Right. But, you know, I, I just think that in general, Washington, I think Washington is going to be very comfortable winning a lot of games the way that it did against Utah. So, yeah, lock me up. Washington, Arizona State, under 50. Y'all want some trends? Yeah, I want some trends. All right, one of you will love these trends. One of you will like one and hate the rest. Uh, first, we'll start with the under. 4-0 in the last four meetings. Nice. 5-1-1 in the last seven games played in Seattle. Yes. As far as the spread, the favorite in this series is 9-3 and three against the spread in the last 12 meetings. Mm. Now the bad news starts for Barton. <laughs> the Sun Devils in the last 19 games are 15-2-2 and two against the spread against Washington. In games in Seattle, Arizona State is 8-0 against the spread in the last eight games. So, you know, trends can be quite meaningless, but they, they tend to they tend to give better forecast for chips lock than yours. Hey, the Todd Graham era is over, baby. Herm's, <laughs> Herm's got to figure this thing out now. He's on his own. Um, and those kind of trends, by the way, are what power uh, the process and trusting the process and Tom Fernelli's system. And uh, you can actually find uh, his college football picks on Sportsline, where he is on a 15-7 and seven college football run. He releases all his picks there in every sport. He's also crushing MLB to the tune of plus 1,450 units this season. Sportsline members get access to 20 expert handicappers, premium picks, next-level fantasy advice, advanced computer simulations, hugely profitable DFS lineups, the ability to enter members-only contests like NFL Pick'em, one we're running right now, which awards a free trip to Vegas and a 2019 super contest entry to the winner. That's a $4,000 value and so much more. And right now listeners can get their first month of sports line for just $1 sign up and enter the promo code kickoff. When you do again, the promo code is kickoff and you get your first month for just $1. And with that, you get all of Tom's picks he will make you money in Major League Baseball. He will make you money in college football. You're already listening to the Locks podcast. Let him take you. I mean, he Tom, you giving out NFL picks this week too? Yes, I am. Yes, yeah, four so and two this season. Sign up for it and use the promo code Kickoff. Uh, when you do, you will get your first month of Sportsline for just one dollar. You're our Sportsline representative, Tom. No problem. Can I cry for a moment, though? Why? Can I, sure. Can I cry to you too for support? Yes. Okay. So in our, in our locks picks, I'm 12 and 10 on the year. In the six pack, I've gone eight and four the last two weeks. You mentioned my sports line record. I'm 15 and seven in college football. I'm, I'm four and two in NFL. But my Twitter tip is four and six. And guess which one I hear about the most? The Twitter tip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting yelled at by. Oh, and I also in our expert picks on CBS Sports, I have the highest. You know, I'm 35 and. 27 i think there so it's like i'm winning everywhere except for the free t- picks i give out on twitter <laughs> that's a bad place to be losing because those know. twitter folks they they, they don't uh I, I know from uh from experience last night they, they like to be upset about things but on the yeah. contrary you are withholding the best stuff that's right no i'm just making the wrong twitter picks <laughs> <laughs> no, no 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 listen if you want that freebie stuff on twitter you're gonna have to deal with four and six if you want to pay for the Sportsline subscription and get the good good, you get 15 and 7. 
I think that it's a it's a good strategy. You see, you're you're good strategy for the company. It's a bad strategy for my mentions. Okay, so I'll take this one. Rivalry game. We're doing it for Ned. Fights all over the place. Yes. Give me Miami FIU under 56 and a half. Uh, let's see. Miami, I think that Miami, number one, is on a short week. They will be playing on Thursday night after this game. Offensively, we have seen some of the limitations. FIU will be very, very motivated to try and play in this game. But Miami's defense, I still maintain. Miami's defense also a little bit banged up. Amon Richards is a little bit dinged up. Jaquan Johnson, who in my mind is one of the better secondary players in the ACC. Jaquan Johnson's a little bit banged up. They think they're both going to go. But I'm looking at this game. And I wouldn't feel comfortable taking either Miami or FIU, but I certainly believe that given the the sort of, you know, rivalry, intense nature, maybe we got some high school teammates. I think that it'll be uh, the kind of game that ends up going under the number here. So especially with it getting a hook uh, on the other side of key number 56, I'm going to butch Davis bowl under 56 and a half. Honestly, if FIU doesn't have Ned at the game with them on the sideline, it's it's a huge missed opportunity. What are we doing here? <laughs> um, what do we think about the James Morgan, Barton? Hey, that's my guy. That's my guy. I don't know. I don't know. James Morgan's supposed to be an over guy, but uh, you know this one. Uh, this one could be a tough task for him. I like the under. Yeah, this, I make, it all makes sense to me. Uh, so are you? cleared out barton and i'm i'm cashed that's it i got a couple that i was uh you know pondering but i don't think i'm ready to pull the trigger on any of them i think i'm good i'm gonna sit steady with five milk this lead uh tom uh for my next pick we're going to the sec and we are taking florida minus four and a half at tennessee uh first of all we'll start with trends that really drive this pick but then i'll get more in depth with it you'd want to bet against tennessee at home since the start of the 2008 season tennessee is 29 45 and 1 against the spread at neyland stadium gracious as a home underdog they're 5 and 16 against the spread both of those situations come into play this week but more so than that it's just Having watched Tennessee so far this year in Florida, Florida hasn't been super impressive, but I feel like it's been better, or at least better than it's it's been better than the impression that you get. That's the impression that I get. And one stat I like to look at when it comes to efficiency for offenses and defenses is points per play. So far through three games, Tennessee is averaging 0.281 points per play, which ranks 92nd in the country. Florida's offense hasn't been outstanding, but its points per play ranks 22nd in the country. And defensively, it's also it's it's margin for between offense and defense. I think I can't I don't have it written down off the top of my head, but I think they're 19th in the country. And Tennessee, I think, was somewhere in the 70s. So while they haven't Florida's, if you look at their typical box score, it hasn't looked great, and it's kind of looked similar to Tennessee's. When you look deeper at those kind of efficiency stats, you see that 
Florida's actually been the much better offense, and it's been a better defense than Tennessee to this point. So when I see all of that, and then I just look at the trends of how Tennessee has done at home against the spread, and particularly as a home underdog against the spread, I have to take the Gators minus four and a half here. Florida's a better team. Yeah. They haven't played and, great, but they are they are a better football team. Yeah, and Felipe Franks has not been great, but he hasn't been like a huge detriment either. But wouldn't it be hilarious if Florida lost? Oh, it'd be yeah, if they lose to Kentucky and Tennessee in the same season, oh, it my would goodness. be just fantastic in a in a shot and fraud kind of way. Yeah. I I, I oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say so I when this when the week of games when I first looked at the week of games, I was like, "Oh, that's a look at that one." You know, Florida Tennessee. Oh, man, that's 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 a wild one. Like who's who the hell is going to win that one, you know? But then as I've actually sort of settled in and walked myself through this week, the more I'm like, what are we talking about here? Like Kentucky isn't the Kentucky of old. I think Kentucky is a good team. Florida lost to what I consider a good team in Kentucky. Florida, that like that loss doesn't like devalue what Florida is. It doesn't it doesn't doesn't mean they're frauds. It just means that they lost to a good Kentucky team. Um, and so as we've gotten closer to this, to, to like Saturday, I'm, I've become more confident in Florida myself. I, I thought about riding your coattails on this one time, but I, I'll, I'll let you have it. But I do like the Florida side of it. Um, Tom, you want to hit your, uh, hit, hit an under? Sure. You've waited around this long for it. It's time to get to my bread and butter. I am taking the under 55 in Miami, Ohio at Bowling Green. Is that condition related? Uh, no, it is not condition related, except unless you mean the condition of being bad offense. <laughs> okay. These are two teams that I'm familiar with because they both are currently ranked in my bottom 25. And I just mentioned in the Florida, Tennessee pick the metric of points per play. Bowling Green's offense this year is at .253 points per play. That ranks 107th in the country. Miami is even worse at .163 points per play, which is 125th, respectively. These are two bad offenses. Granted, their defenses aren't fantastic either, but I have a very hard time trusting either of these teams to score enough points when they've been as poor as they have been to reach the over here and I think the total set a little too high that's you know just a bridge slightly too far for these two teams so I'm taking the under 55 and I honestly think that it's probably going to be pretty comfortable under without much sweating if you take it <sighs> Oklahoma State Texas Tech under 77 and a half do it yeah let's go what? that number is 77 and a half yes principles principles <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I mean, like, so let's talk about hidden yardage and hidden points and things like that. I, I think that we might have some sticker shock when Oklahoma State, uh, with Oklahoma State, Boise State, and I think that what Oklahoma State showed on the defensive line and defensively in general uh, is encouraging enough to think that Oklahoma State's defense might be all right. And seventy-seven and a half, even for Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. Just doesn't feel, doesn't feel right. I think I think we got to go under here. Eleven right. touchdowns. Come yeah. on. I'm gonna give you some trends that are gonna terrify you, but then I'm gonna soothe those fears. Okay. Let's do it. Take me on the ride. 
Over is five and one in the last six meetings between these two, and it's four and one in the last four games in Stillwater. But while it doesn't quite meet wonder conditions, there will be wins in Stillwater on Saturday night. Not exactly crosswind, kind of a diagonal from corner to corner, but between eight and ten miles an hour, which will not have a huge impact but will impact the passing game. And when we're talking about needing to score 78 points to get to that over, it should have enough of an impact to help your under. I hope so. (laughs) I need it, man. I need it. All right, I'm cleared out there. That's it for me. Guys, how many did you you end up with here? Let's see. You're 7 to 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. All right. All right. Uh, Do you know what I left on the cutting room floor? And I... I feel like we missed the boat on Louisiana Tech plus 22. I'm seeing it at 20 and a half, and I'm not going to take that. I do like La Tech to cover that game. I mean, Louisiana Tech's not a bad football team. And LSU might be primed for a letdown and like a 10 to 14 point win. But not going to do it. feel like I missed the boat. It's all about checking those early lines. Uh, Tom, wrap us up. Uh, One final under, very similar vein to my last one, the under 58 in Charlotte and UMass. Uh, Again, these are two offenses that aren't very good. UMass right now is averaging .286 points per play. That ranks 90th in the country, but that number is also skewed by its amazing performance against Duquesne. In its game since, the offense has not been nearly that good. And Charlotte's offense currently ranks... 109th in the country with 0.243 points per play and didn't look very good when I saw it last week against Old Dominion and Old Dominion is not exactly a stalwart defense so this is another situation where I think that 58 points is just a little too much for these two teams to bank on for them to get that high like the under take it and then enjoy the winnings that's that is absolutely uh that that's a, that, that is a territory that I'm not willing to venture into at this point in the season, Tom. I admire your commitment to the process and the facts the dark, and the trends. Dark, dark, dark so, woods. Yes. Who doesn't want to watch a Charlotte-UMass game? Is that one in Jerry Richardson Stadium or is it at UMass? It's at UMass. Mm. I mean, what, are you going to watch the SEC game of the week at the, going on at the same time over Charlotte-UMass? Come I'll, on. I'll be in Tuscaloosa, actually. Traveling, it, man. You'd, ra- you'd rather be in Boston, though, right? I Watch would rather. <laughs> do, y'all, do y'all dare me to be uh, be that guy in the press box who opens up <laughs> a stream of another game, but it's not an ESPN game, or yeah, it's not like another one of the, the headliners. Yeah, I'm not pulling up Clemson, Georgia Tech. I'm not pulling SDS- up... Huh? Ask the SID to get it on like the on the screen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, you think we get you best Charlotte on? <laughs> I got a feature I'm working. On. <laughs> oh yeah, that that's uh that that would actually that would make me so happy just to see his face as I ask that question. Just to just to just to see what what would possibly be the response to that. You guys um. <laughs> you guys don't mind, do you? You guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look around at like all the other uh, reporters on your row around you. 
You guys mind if you guys if we you guys mind if we change this off Clemson Georgia Tech? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good stuff. Okay, to review. Right now we got Tom in at Stanford minus two, the under fifty three in USC Washington State, Troy minus six, Florida minus four and a half, under forty eight in Texas TCU, under fifty five in Bowling Green Miami Ohio, under fifty eight in Charlotte UMass. Barton, TCU minus three, Oregon plus two, Wake plus seven and a half, Pitt minus three and a half, Washington minus 17. Chip, Oregon plus two, under 43 and a half, Wisconsin, Iowa, Wake plus seven and a half, UNC plus three and a half, NC State minus five, under 56 and a half in Miami, FIU, under 50 in Washington, Arizona State, under 77.5 in Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. We've got lock fights in the Oregon-Stanford game. We've got uh, multiple plays in TCU, Texas. We've got some lock agreement for Wake Forest, Notre Dame. And I think that's it. we got some uh, multiple plays in Washington, Arizona State. So that's that's a card full of action for Barton's favorite week of the season. Spartan's favorite week yet. He only had five games. Hmm. I'm just going to sit back and be a fan. <laughs> I don't want it to be a business weekend, not a work weekend. It's a fun weekend. <laughs> Taking notes. You're going to you're going to come back with some some principles that have that have been either proven di- or disproven based on the action this week. No doubt. This is a learning weekend. Research weekend. Learning. Come on, home cooking. Wake Carolina NC State. What am I doing? Uh, all right. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Vernelli. You can follow him at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Our thank you to you, the listeners. It's been another wonderful week. If you've not gotten a chance to go back and listen to uh, all the work, then go listen to it because uh, the recap was stellar. Uh, we had Stanford Steve on, and he was awesome. We dug deep into offensive and defensive coaching combos, and that was a very fun discussion and one in which uh, we appreciate your Twitter input to help us along the way and the locks. So this is uh, this is about all the great stuff. Don't forget that you can use code KICKOFF to be able to get your first month of sports line for $1 and get uh, expert Tom Fernelli's picks My from college football, NFL, and Major League Baseball. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Come get these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks. I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. <laughs>